This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello, Cricket Badgers everywhere, wherever you are in the world, hope you're fine. I never thought I'd start a Cricket Badger podcast with no cricket. Usually, I finish the podcast by saying, plenty of cricket all over the place, enjoy your Cricket Badgers. And at the moment, we are at a standstill. The coronavirus, COVID-19, it's taking over everything that we do. It's the right decision, in my opinion, to stop sport, despite the fact that it's completely financially screwing me up. But there is good news. I have plenty of time on my hands at the moment, so there will be plenty of Cricket Badger podcasts over the next foreseeable, as coronavirus potentially has the country locked down. England, come back from Sri Lanka, the Pakistan Super League has carried on, but with less people playing in it. Some of the English players have come home. The Indian Premier League being put back to the 15th of April at the earliest. And obviously doubts about the start of the English domestic season. With that not very long away, coronavirus likely, I think at the moment, to certainly delay the start of the English county cricket season. But ultimately, Badgers, when it comes down to it, it's about the health of people. That's the most important thing. And if we have to wait for cricket, we have to wait for cricket. But until then, tune in to the Cricket Badger podcast. As I say, plenty coming up over the next few weeks. And also plenty in the back catalogue too. So if you find you're at a loose end, if you're isolated for seven days, whatever your situation, then dig through the back catalogue because there's plenty of good interviews on the previous 114 Cricket Badger podcasts. But this week, it has to be, doesn't it? It has to be coronavirus dominated. And I'm joined by fellow journalist Nakul Pandey. And we talk about its effect on cricket. What's going to happen? In truth, neither of us completely know. We try and make some kind of sense to it as we go through on this week's Cricket Badger podcast. It's that Badger style. 
with everything, the world heading to lockdown, cricket heading off the fixture list, sport in general being sacrificed, well, events just tumbling from the fixture list as we as we speak. It, it, it is going to be a very strange few months ahead of us. And I'm joined on the Cricket Badger podcast by Nakul Pandey. Nakul, how are you? I'm doing all right, James. How are you? Yeah, looking forward to what I thought was going to be a few months watching cricket at home, but now looks like um, the time where I'm going to have to make my own entertainment a little bit. Well, I spoke to you the other day and we were planning something outside of the Cricket Badger podcast around the IPL. We'll start with the IPL. That's been put back three weeks um, to the 15th of April. There's no guarantee that it will even start on the 15th of April, but they're playing it behind closed doors or planning to. Do you, do you think, I mean, I, I did a tweet yesterday just asking, just in general, is this an overreaction from sport or a sport doing the right thing at the moment? From a, Obviously, those of us who are, spend our professional and personal lives very much involved in sport, it's, it's very easy for us to say uh, the show must go on and, and, you know, sport doesn't stop for anything and that sport is a, is a boon and, a, and something that we can all get some joy out of in these troubled times. But there are a few other facts to um, sectors of life where you get so many people in such close proximity so regularly uh, and to speak to India particularly I know that India are the Indian government are very very worried about the outbreak of the uh, of coronavirus across the country on a level that can't be can't be controlled it's a it's a huge country with uh, with obviously very patchy healthcare uh, healthcare provision uh, it, it's very good in some places it's not very good in other in other places, you it's very it's a very difficult country to get uh, to get any kind of centralized control over, and they are petrified of of what might happen. And steadily, steadily, everything in in India in public life has been shut down. And I think it was inevitable that sport and and the IPL was uh, was going to be affected. So the the original plan was that they would play it behind closed doors. There's a, there's a piece on my on my website which is um, looking at some of the uh, some of the ways in which that could affect the IPL and what that could uh, mean. Um, kind of taking an idea and running with it uh, to beyond its logical conclusion. Um, just uh, again for a, bit, a little bit of uh, light relief in these uh, in these interesting times in which we live. But then uh, it now looks as though well the there was another uh, there was a communique out of the Indian government saying that all. Uh, not all foreign visas, but tourist visas and e-visas, which doesn't technically affect foreign cricketers, but but is uh, worth uh, worth keeping an eye on, will be suspended till April the fifteenth, and that is the date that's been chosen as the postponed as the start of the postponed IPL. Now, whether that takes place with spectators or behind closed doors, we don't know. Whether it takes place at all, we don't know. The involvement of foreign players, again, we don't know. Everything is very much up in the air. But I I don't I don't think it is an overreaction now. I was going to sit down today and, and write my IPL preview with the event starting not very far away. Um, I've shelved that idea for now because I think it might be a wasted effort. But at, at some stage, yeah, the IPL is a huge business, isn't it? You know, we talk about sport, but it's a business. You know, the amount of sponsorship, the amount of money that goes through a tournament like that is massive. So you can understand the will within that tournament to try and get something on the park so they can pacify sponsors pacify stakeholders the IPL is um, I don't know the exact figures but if it's not the single biggest revenue generating event in India I'll be very very surprised obviously the the amount of private money that amount of money from 
uh, from entertainment that goes into the IPL, uh, the number of uh, the number of people employed directly or indirectly by the IPL, and the prestige that it gives the BCCI and by extension the Indian government around the world is, I mean, on a on a reputation level, it's it's incalculable. Um, I think where the IPL is in a slightly better position than there it might be is because if the rest of the cricketing world is also shutting down or putting things on pause, then that reputational damage isn't quite as isn't quite as severe. But absolutely, there'll be there'll be will to try and uh, there would have been will to try and keep the show going. And now that the decision has been made to postpone it to to meet that postponed date, I mean, to, you know, the analogy here is the mayor in Jaws. Uh, desperately trying to keep the beaches open because because uh, of uh, bottom line concerns, um, but uh, but there are a lot of people out there. Uh, there are a lot of quints out there and a lot of hoopers saying, uh, "What are you doing? Uh, everything must be shut." We all know in the real world if if they rock up on the 14th of April ahead of the start date on the 15th and Virat Kohli suddenly coughs, then all of a sudden everything's called into question again, isn't it? And you know, I, I saw a couple of tweets last night where people were saying, well, this is a great opportunity for some sports. Play it behind closed doors, stick it on television, increase the advertising revenue because it's the only sport that people are going to be watching. This is a chance to seize the market and to really get things going. But the way that, that this virus is working is if one of those team members suddenly contracts coronavirus, then everybody else self-isolates and you haven't got a team left. Absolutely. And we've seen this happen in Serie A. Uh, Daniele Rugani, I think, uh, of Juventus has, uh, has come down with it. Uh, we've seen a few, uh, a few other players in, in Serie A and in the Premier League, Mikel Arteta, uh, the Arsenal manager, and a few, and a few players. And, and yeah, suddenly uh, you're in a position where social contact of the type that is required to, to run a team is not possible. And then, of course, you've got the other side. You've got the broadcasters, you've got the broadcast crews, you've got the stadium staff. Uh, by the way, um, the, those those stadium staff, those people who get stadia ready and get stadia clean and make sure that there's uh, enough I mean, ticketing and concessions is not so much of a big deal when it's behind closed doors. But those those people who you know aren't getting the big part, something's got to be done for them. You know, they can't just not be paid for uh, for two or three months. We've seen in the in the American sports leagues at like the NBA and the NHL and the and so forth that. Um, some some players have had to take it upon themselves to to pay stadium staff who are on contracts or sometimes zero hour contract. It should be up to the team owners, but of course, if if team owners are not mandated to do it, then some of them won't. That story so far has not yet been been told. What happens to the people who are out there on on pretty low pretty low paid contracts, uh, sweeping the stands and uh, and making sure that the pitch and the and the stadiums are ready and and uh, making sure that the the media facilities are are up to scratch and clean and uh, and what happens to those um those camera operators and and tech and sound people there's a lot that cricket has to has to reckon with but it can only start to do that if everything is put on pause yeah i mean my, my diary has completely disappeared for work for the next six weeks so as you say repercussions behind the scenes it's not just the the, the players that are affected by this and the and the the sort of franchise owners that are affected by this and yeah, going back to the IPL, the, some of the guys that you, you mentioned there that set up the ground, that's probably their their one big payday in, in the year, isn't it? You know, that they, they're relying on that tournament to, to pay their rent, to pay to feed their families. Well, I mean, either that or they're, they're there at a, at a stadium through the year. And they're, um, you know, say, if you work at the Wankade Stadium or Chepok or the Chindaswami, there's a lot of cricket there throughout the year. But... So those jobs aren't well paid in any economy, um, no. let alone India. Uh, and it, it's the case that in India, as 
as with places all over the world, there are people living paycheck to paycheck uh, who are just about getting by and going, looking, looking, let's say, at the case of a steward or a stadium cleaner. Is their landlord going to say that we're not going to be taking rent off you for the next few months because you've got no source of income? Again, not unless they're mandated to do so. Uh, and there's a lot of calls to do that. I know some countries have suspended mortgage payments. I think Italy is one of the countries that has suspended mortgage payments. But the chances of a stadium cleaner or a steward being able to uh, afford property in a major Indian city uh, in terms of buying are uh, uh, infinitesimally small. 15th of April, Nicole, do, do you think we're going to go ahead with the IPL? If you were a, a betting man and I gave you a mythical £10 to stick on yes or no, the IPL will go ahead on the 15th of April. Where would you stick it? My suspicion is that the IPL will go ahead behind closed doors, but I wouldn't be having, you know, I might want to have an each way bet on that. The nature of this pandemic is that things are changing so fast and that things can go from seemingly under control to uh, to a state of where lockdowns are, are inevitable and where health services are completely overwhelmed. That anyone who is saying that they know what's going to happen uh, between now and the 15th of April is deluding themselves and you or trying to sell you something. The Indian government is an autocratic one and has powers and will try and take powers to increase centralised control over over the situation and and there's a lot of time for them to do so while i would suspect that uh that that the appetite for to to keep that money rolling in will will mean that an ipl behind closed doors a very real possibility i wouldn't be terribly surprised if it doesn't if it doesn't go ahead this year and essentially this this sporting year is declared null and void It's even more important at the moment, given my own precarious employment position with no sport to commentate or write about. I am looking for a Cricket Badger podcast sponsor. Please, please, please help out the podcast. Help me out and come on board with your business. I can get you in front of the cricket world. Plenty of people listening to podcasts at the moment with no live sport to descend upon with their eyes or their ears. So please, please, please help out the Cricket Badger podcast. Come on board. Contact me, cricketbadger at hotmail.com or contact me on the Twitter at cricket underscore badger. Your help would be hugely appreciated by the Cricket Badger listeners and we could help each other out in these troubled times. It's going to be a very strange few months, isn't it? Because it could be, this could go on for a while. This this isn't just, I mean, the, the English Premier League football is set to resume yeah. early April, but that that's, I think, an unrealistic restart point for, for the football. This, this could go on for months on end. You know, I've seen people speaking about it's going to be three months in England before it reaches its peak, and then you've got three months for it to die down again. And, yeah, that, that takes you potentially through to the end of the English summer, which, uh, you know, again is uh, going to compromise English cricket. I was I went to a pub quiz, Knuckle, in, in January, and I sat with a friend at the pub quiz, and the, the quiz master made a joke about a question about the Wu-Tang Clang in relation to Wuhan. I can't remember what the joke was now. It wasn't very funny. But I, I looked at my friend because I didn't understand the joke, and it was the first time I'd actually heard the, the term coronavirus. And that was back in late January, I think. And last weekend, I was at the place I work at to do commentary, and we were talking about, flipping heck, if they suddenly start cancelling sport, that's going to affect our, our livelihoods. And within a few days of that happening, 
we're where we are now with sport basically ground to a halt pretty much in every part of the world. Things have moved so quickly, haven't they? You know, you're right. Predicting how this is going to pan out is is a futile task. Uh, certainly in terms of um, wanting to appear like, you, like you're in the know uh, or anything. I mean, where speaking kind of beyond just us two in the in in the room now where predicting can be useful is come up with a few different scenarios and make sure you're prepared for for any of them or as as prepared as you can be and there, there's lots of advice out there from from various governments and the world health organization to prepare yourself uh, and and your family and those uh, and your friends and those those in your community for potential impacts of trying to slow the spread of the of the disease trying not to overwhelm health services and what to do if you do if you do contract it but 10 to 14 weeks takes us through may and june that into the beginning of the english of, of this test summer uh with the with the west indies coming and i know that that the the t20 blast and the and that that early test tour has been called into question in terms of whether it'll be played or whether it'll be whether it'll be played then few international tours try and keep going South Africa and India New Zealand and Australia but those have both now been cancelled and we could end up either with a situation where we have a reduced but still very congested fixture pile up or we have a sense where we have a case where you know the whole everything gets wiped clean the the ICC and and various government bodies have to have to pay out compensation to make sure that nobody is too badly uh, affected and certainly the West Indies and and can't can't really afford to be uh, to be losing any any money in uh, at this stage or at any stage really in the last in the last few years, and so that that is going to have to be a thing. And governing bodies are going to have to to step up. The ICC is going to have to uh, to take a little bit more centralised control. And I know the structures of world cricket don't make it easy for it to do that. But the ICC is going to have to uh, to act like a like a governing body and ensure that uh, nations up and down the the cricketing up and down the cricketing ladder. And this this is particularly this is particularly an issue for the lower ranked full member nations and associate uh, nations who don't have uh, the kind of cash surpluses that the BCCI and the ECB and Cricket Australia do and who rely on tour to tour revenue to, to keep themselves keep themselves going. Um, the ICC is going to have to step up. I'm a badger, not a doctor, Knuckle. Um, so I'll precurse this next question with that, or this next statement really with, with that. But I, I stuck out on Twitter um, earlier on today if anybody out there could actually kind of give me a little bit more information about how a virus spreads and what what you do to stop it, and yeah, you know, there, there seems to be two schools of thought in this country at the moment. One is that you you isolate, you keep everything locked down, like they have done in Italy, and you just hope that the virus kind of dies out and goes away, and everybody comes out of the houses and, and is happy again. China seems to be on the verge of getting to that state by uh, a couple of the um, tweets that I saw this morning. And the other one is that the route that the government seems to want to go down in the UK is that well. We want this kind of herd immunity where 80% potentially of the population could contract this. Hopefully that's the, the not the less vulnerable, but it's the ones that can withstand the the attack of the virus. We build up this herd immunity and we, we, we're we all better for it. But the one thing that seemed to come across from the a couple of the doctors that actually responded to the tweet was that the, the one problem with this virus is that we haven't got a vaccine for it. So there is no cure at the moment for coronavirus. Even if you contract it, it, it could come back again. And the nation, not just sport, has to be very careful about how, how they deal with this, don't they? And that's why I, I'm quite worried that this could actually go on for quite a few months and maybe even rear its, its ugly head again, just as you thought we thought we got away with it. 
Yeah, that, those are all valid concerns, and particularly if we do get a second wave of it as we're coming out of summer into into autumn and winter, and then the situation where uh, which the government is trying to avoid of having the having the health service overwhelmed with uh, with with COVID nineteen sufferers at a time when seasonal illnesses are starting to starting to become become a thing again. There is mildly encouraging news out of Canada, and one research team seems to have isolated the the virus, and I don't know to what extent that is. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know to what extent that means that uh, we will have a an effective vaccine, and how long that will that will take. But there are there are people working at it. I have no medical qualifications, or I'm I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not uh, any any sort of um, expert on this, and I've been trying to uh, take as much input as I can without completely overwhelming myself from the WHO and other and other more educated sources. And the, the herd immunity strategy, again, is, is, as you say, is more reliant, is somewhat reliant on there being a vaccine developed. Uh, and I've seen some some sources that say actually you need 90 to 95 percent of the population exposed for uh, for herd immunity to uh, to to take effect. And with the with the mortality rates that a potentially really significant and and devastating amount uh, amount of mortality, particularly among, uh, as you say, uh, elderly and, and vulnerable people. Uh, the 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 government, the UK government's uh, plan of moving to the delay phase, where we we socially distance and we self isolate up to a point, but nothing is officially locked down. There is it has a kind of grim internal logic to it, but whether it is the best strategy and whether it is actually whether they 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 say that it is based on on scientific evidence and they they wheeled out the chief medical officer uh to to try and give that some some legitimacy but that all depends on what question you're asking and whether we've asked the right question here in the UK is very much open to open to debate and it it is worrying and that we're going to we're again in the position where we as individuals and communities are going to have to are going to have to do an awful lot of, of extra work that perhaps well not perhaps that definitely governments and central authorities should be doing to make sure that the, those people who need to be protected uh, are protected. But it, it is potentially very worrying. But we just, to an extent, we're, we're left hoping that a vaccine does get developed and that we can, as, uh, as the phrase has been going around the, uh, around the internet, flatten the curve. But I, I don't know that we have a model for uh, a social model for, for what might be, might be coming our way over the next few months. It was interesting to me that the government said, I think it was on Wednesday, Boris Johnson made a statement to say that he wasn't at the, at the time going to cancel sporting events. And it was sport itself that reacted to that. Obviously, um, I think the Premier League came out and said this weekend was on, but then within half an hour of that, Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal manager, tested positive for having coronavirus. And from that point, sport just folded. But then, then you have that thing where people are saying, well, we need this herd immunity. You're not going to get that unless you get congregations of people together. And there are still pop concerts going on. There are still people going to nightclubs. Cheltenham still went on and you saw thousands and thousands of people sort of... Absolutely. The Cheltenham Festival was still uh, was still going on. As you say, that, those were people packed very, very tightly. The, you know, the Cheltenham Fest race course is, is pretty big, but the... the the public areas are not, and there are people getting drunk from nine in the morning at the Cheltenham Festival. And and how much how much sanitation and how much effective hand washing goes on when you're a bottle of champagne deep by half ten in the morning uh, is is very much open to question. Uh, it absolutely staggered me that that that, that went ahead, and I, I cannot see uh, looking further ahead to the horse racing calendar. For example, the Grand National going ahead. 
it's it's going to be a very strange next few months, isn't it? Because you know, I said to you before we, we press record on this that if somebody had told me a few weeks ago that I was going to have you know potentially a couple of months off work, and I'd be thinking, well, I could sit down, I can watch some cricket, I could I can read some books, I can I can immerse myself in in the sporting calendar, and that's been denied people. And I think we're, we're going to see over the next few few months just how important socially sport is to people because it is that release valve isn't it for people to stand on the terraces and, and shout their abuse at a, a defender or the referee to go along to a cricket match and sit in the sunshine all day and talk to their friends that is a huge part of our society which is going to be denied people a number of these these kind of higher level social um social out, outlets and avenues are going to be denied people so those of us who love sitting love watching sport whether whether on tv or um or in or in stadia and those of us who love who love talking about it and and um try to align our professional lives that we get to do as much of that as possible sure i don't think it's going to be too long before concert venues are starting to make their own decisions that's already starting to happen in fact comedy gigs and the the big museums for example you know the amount of football that goes to the national gallery of the british museum on a on any given day must be must be enormous uh, so people are going to be denied various forms of, of things that make life that that bit better that make life more than just a food and money input and output machine that actually make it kind of a life rather than an existence. Uh, many I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but but it goes once you get to a certain point of material comfort so that your material needs in terms of food and shelter and, and warmth and, and so forth are met. Social interaction and self-actualization is, is absolutely vital to the to the welfare of human beings. We're an incredibly socially dependent species. We have to try and replicate that in in various ways. And you know, luckily, you know, we're we're talking now. You know, we're a few hundred miles apart. We're we're talking about about things and trying to work this all out together. The technology now exists and is is mass enough and available enough that that we can do things like this. For example, you know, let's say we want to watch some cricket but obviously there's no live cricket on but we could put on a video we could you you know we could get a, a bunch of people together uh, and put on a video of let's say picking one brian lara's 153 in 1999 in bridgetown uh against, against australia and and watch that and you know people could take it in terms to commentate on that and we can we can try and replicate to some extent that communal experience without exposing ourselves to uh, to to undue risk of infection and exposing those around us to undue risk of of infection we're, we're gonna have to find we're gonna have to find those 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 new ways of of replicating some of the the things that that keep us going on a on a on a daily and on a on a, on a long-term basis it's it's going to be interesting but people are pretty ingenious when it comes to to finding ways of, of replicating entertainment. There's that phrase in there, you, you know, you work to live rather than to work. And a lot of the live part of that, uh, the first part of that uh, phrase is going to be taken away from people. So it's going to be, as you say, it's going to be fascinating to see how people cope with it. Because mental health issues, which we've spoken a lot about on here on the podcast in the past, uh, are going to rear their head aren't they i mean the world has got smaller we can talk to people over phones and over over the internet but it doesn't take away the actual interaction of actually being with somebody and seeing them smile and doing all of those kind of things you know entertainment on the telly is going to be huge it's going to be you know incredibly interesting to see how it pans out over the next few weeks and it's going to be quite worrying as well and obviously 
Hopefully, all the Cricket Badger podcast listeners stay safe and well and uh, are with us again with the future editions too. We want to see everybody around the world keep themselves safe and healthy. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. The listenership is going up every single week. Thanks so much for your ears. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for your likes, your subscribes. It's on every platform around the world. So make sure you listen. Tell your friends and contact the show too. Let us know what you think. Give us your ideas for future shows at cricket underscore badger on the Twitter feed. Cricket badger at hotmail.com on the emails. Thank you so much, badgers. Keep listening. To finish off with Knuckle, the English cricket season. I, I've, I've worked for, for a cricket club. I've worked inside cricket and outside cricket and watched that season start. And yeah, one of my easy articles at the start of the season was everybody starts on naught. Everybody's got hope. Everybody's got all of that. You might have had a bad season in 2019, but you can all of a sudden score two centuries in the first couple of matches and people are starting to talk, talk about you as an England player. You've got counties at the moment preparing for the season. And they are very, very scientific in terms of their preparation these days. The fitness of getting a bowler to the peak condition so that he starts the season in the right shape is hugely important. And it's, it's down to kind of very small percentage points that they, they plan their season and their attack for the summer. At the moment, we don't know when that season's going to start. So it just throws all of that up in the air and seeing where the, the pieces come down, doesn't it? It does. We have no idea what the what the English county season is going to look like or um... I guess beyond the county season with the hundreds uh, starting this year. Um, I saw a Twitter thread between various uh, journalists, a cricketer and cricketers and, and, a, and a few others, you know, speculating that, you know, we could end up in a situation where because because of where the, the various competitions lie and, and where the, uh, the, the peak is likely in its forecast to fall, we could end up in a situation where the county championship doesn't happen this year, or the and the blast doesn't happen this year, or the blast gets delayed. Uh, but we essentially restart with a hundred, uh, and then you know either have no county championship this year, or a kind of truncated county championship starting starting later in the year. Uh, but uh, as I say, they're just trying to plan and forecast and and speculate like the rest of us are. We we don't know any of any of this. I, I haven't seen any communication from the ECB. Regarding this, I'm certain that there are certain there are conversations happening all over ECB HQ about this, and and within the within the brains trust of various counties. You know, most counties have uh, have cancelled their various warm weather tours to the UAE and places places like that. And so, you know, if you're if you're sorry, you can train under the dome at the, the the dome at the Oval. I don't know what you do if you're Worcestershire and your grounds mostly underwater, but I guess Worcestershire had to plan for that every single year. But yeah. It is hard to plan when you don't know when what you're planning for or when you're planning for. I guess you just have to keep uh, keep things ticking over. And as an individual cricketer, you'd have to keep yourself ticking over and and make sure that you're somewhat ready to start whenever it does start. Um, but but your responsibilities are the same as everyone else's, and um, regardless of whatever field they're working in, is that uh, your primary responsibility is to keep yourself and your and your family and those those close to you safe and to some extent and certainly until there's any sort of mass lockdown i think people are going to have to take it into their own hands to self-isolate it was interesting you mentioned the pakistan super league at the, uh, the top of the show it's interesting to see that their approach and i think that's partly because pakistan actually doesn't have that many cases of coronavirus at the moment their approach was that individual players can make their own decisions as to whether to stay or to come home a number of the english players have, have left some have stayed and we'll be getting local players in to replace some of those. And you know, the, the Pakistan Super League was a little bit fortunate in terms of the timing that it was a bit further ahead through its season uh, when the when kind of the, I 
don't want to say panic, but the, the real concern and the real public health measures around around coronavirus around the world kicked in. Uh, and so could had some momentum behind it. And what momentum, by the way, full stadiums in, in Pakistan, seeing seeing top level cricket back has been, you know, one of the one of the great things in, in cricket in the last few years. And cricket back in Pakistan is an, is an incredible thing. We have to hope like, that as we have to hope for a number of things, that that will only be postponed and held up rather than having its momentum completely uh, arrested. But I do wonder at what stage we have to move beyond individual responsibility and, and those who we've elected to uh, to make these decisions and those who are uh, closer to the expert advice uh, start have to make starting start to have to make more blanket statements um, because um, I, I don't know, you may have seen the videos that are coming out of uh, Italy uh, Spain has also gone to a state of alert the United States has gone to a, a state of alert and emergency uh, Madrid is completely locked down in, in Italy people are people are starting to amuse themselves by coming out onto their balconies and singing singing songs at each other um, which is I mean it makes for a hell of a Facebook video but it's it's there's only so much that that can that that can help and there's only so long that uh we can keep ourselves that isolation can happen without without some serious consequences it doesn't look like there are very many good options at this stage we have to we have to choose the the best from among the options that we've that we've got but on a bringing it back to the to the to the narrower point Look, we we don't know when the when the county season will start and what form it will take. There are websites out there that have archive footage of full days of of well full seasons, in fact, of of the BBC's county commentaries. There's the county championship is really good with its with its highlight stuff. Uh, there's a lot of old cricket out there to watch, and I suspect we might be watching quite a lot more of it over the next uh, weeks and months. I, I tweeted that video this morning, actually, from Siena, wasn't it, where the uh, the video was people of my hometown in Siena sing a popular song from their houses along an empty street to warm their hearts during the Italian COVID-19 lockdown. Yeah, and, that's the one. Uh, I was contrasting that with uh, stories of um, people stealing hand sanitizer from UK hospitals, two British virus victims walking out of an Indian hospital, um, and lots of comments from people still on social media who still don't seem to be taking it seriously, just saying, well, it's, it's just flu. We have flu every year. Just, just, just get on with it. I think it's quite as simple as that, unfortunately. And one of the repercussions, Napo, is that we talked about money in, in association to the IPL, but you know, a lot of English counties, they... They rely on funds coming in from their memberships, from ticket sales, from T20 sales. It's going to hit counties quite hard, isn't it, if we don't get half of the cricket season, potentially? It is. It is. And there are insurance policies in place that a lot of these counties have. And there's enough ECB funding for, from, for them to tick over to some extent. Uh, and in a sense, you don't have the cost of staging some of the games that you have. So it's not catastrophic at this stage. Obviously, it's it's not. It's not great financially, and uh, clearly the point of you know if you are a cricket club, you exist to play cricket, and that's not that's not really possible at this uh, uh, at this stage, and certainly not, not on any kind of organised level. And I think even recreational cricket is going to be uh, is going to be affected this year, and it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough year for an awful lot of for an awful lot of people, and you know, we have to we have to prepare ourselves for we have to prepare ourselves for worse than we think it's going to be. I think it's an unfortunate thing that you might end up looking like you were panicking and overreacting for nothing. But I think that's probably, that is, well, it's not probably, it is absolutely definitely preferable. It, it'll be very interesting. And I kind of do and don't want to be all over social media. If the hundred does get canceled, because a lot of counties have obviously been very much sold on the, uh, on the prospect of the, on the hundred happening. And a lot of counties are, are will have planned, 
uh, based on the income from that tournament. And I think a lot of people are going to be on social media very vociferously st- uh, restating whatever view they had about the 100 before this started, even more so as uh, if and when the 100 does get uh, does get affected by the uh, by the code. Well, I was the founder of Oppose the 100, Michael. I was very, very anti the 100 being introduced into uh, the English cricket domestic season. I couldn't see the need for a fourth format. I don't think there's room for a fourth format. And I obviously was very vocal in my opposition for that. But I, I tweeted, I think, yesterday to say, if I'm starved of cricket all summer and the 100 is the first cricket that comes on the TV, I will be watching it. Because I will be, I will be more than ready for for some kind of sporting action by then. But I, I, I do, you know, without being sort of, you know, there's far more important things than this in the world. But I think if if the hundred is the first that cricket action we get this summer, I think it could, it w- it would not be to, to my script anyway. Um, put it that way, because I think the hundred is quite a dangerous competition in the English fixture list. Um, but we've had that chat many times on this Cricket Budget podcast and the Badgers out there know how I feel about the 100 competition. Knuckle, Pandey, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast this week. I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future. I hope you stay healthy and hope you stay safe and I hope your family does too. There is a lot of things that are going to pan out over the uh, English summer as this coronavirus bites and see how long its teeth are. But We'll see what happens, I guess, mate. We'll see what happens and see how much cricket we get. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, take care of yourself and yours, uh, James, in uh, body, mind and soul. Thank you, Knuckle. It's that Badger style. Thank you very much for joining me this week. Stay safe, everybody. There is no cricket to watch, so don't enjoy your cricket. Enjoy the Cricket Badger podcasts and make sure you look after yourselves. See you soon. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.